Could you, like, shut your mouth, please? Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Shut Your Mouth, Please podcast. I'm your host, Savannah, and we're doing a solo pod today. Um, It's going to be kind of a heavy topic. If you don't want to hear about addiction, uh, maybe skip this one because I'm going to be talking about addiction and my childhood trauma surrounding the addiction of my biological parents. So, um, yeah, let's just get right into the quote of the day. I I hope this episode isn't going to be too heavy, but I'm probably going to talk about some heavy topics, obviously. So, the quote of the day is, if you're searching for that one person that will change your life, take a look in the mirror. So, we'll circle back to that, but I thought that was a good one for this podcast. So, um, I guess I'll give you a little background on my life. Um, for those of you who know me, you probably know that I was raised by my grandparents. And for those of you guys who don't, I was raised by my grandparents. Um, since I was six months old, I have been with them, and... It is because my biological parents are addicts and they have been in and out of jail my whole life. Um, And I don't need pity. I'm not here for sympathy. I'm not here for any of that. Um, I had a good childhood uh, with some trauma, a little little spice added in, but overall my childhood was very good and I feel very blessed with the raising that I had. So... Yeah, I was raised by my grandparents since I was six months old, so they're all that I know. It's all that I remember, and my parents, like I said, have been in and out of jail my whole life, and I have a lot of memories of that, and it has really affected and shifted my mindset on a lot as I've grown up. Being aware of a lot of things that I think a lot of children aren't necessarily aware of at the age that I was, so... I guess let's just get into it. Uh, Growing up, like I said, from when I was six months old, lived with my grandparents, I only have, I want to say, five memories of my mother ever. the, The grandparents who raised me are on my dad's side. So in terms of my mother's side of the family, they lived about two hours from me for most of my life, and I didn't see her hardly ever. Um, she was a little bit exiled for a while, um, of her own doing, obviously. So, I, I can remember her being at my grandparents' house with me once, and the other times she was at her parents, my other grandparents, their house, and I saw her once at, like, a funeral. And that's genuinely, I remember going to the hospital when my little half-brother was born and seeing her there. That's genuinely the most I can remember about her in my life as a child. So, clearly that's not a deep, meaningful relationship with a mother. So, my my father, on the other hand, as I always said, his parents are the ones who took me in and raised me. And so, I have a lot more memories of him as a child and he was predominantly the one that most of my trauma comes from to be very honest he was very in and out of my life and we'll get into that now so I was talking to my husband about this the other day and how strange it is to me 
that he has no memories of visiting someone in jail because I have so many. Um, I can very clearly picture being small enough that my feet didn't touch the floor, sitting in a chair, looking through a huge glass pane, holding a little wired phone, and talking to my father through the glass in jail. As a very small child, like preschool, I I have memories of that. And then, of course, you know, they graduate from that, and then you can go see them in the big room with everyone else. If you don't know that, that's how that works. They, when you initially, someone initially goes to jail, you can go talk to them through a big plexiglass screen um, where there are guards around them and around you watching you and listening to your conversations. And then once they get good behavior, you get to go see them in a big room where there are still lots of guards and other people in jail seeing their families. And I have plenty of memories doing that and I honestly don't even think we did it that much but I remember when we would and I remember seeing the jail phone number on our caller ID and either the disappointment or hurt or anger or frustration coming from my grandparents about having to answer those calls sometimes and sometimes it was fine but other times they they knew that he was just gonna ask for money or more money on his phone card and they were just it it was very hard for them and I could tell and it made it harder for me to not resent him because I saw the pain that they went through from his actions so I remember all of that from being young, and um, I I do think that I knew that drugs were the reason he was there. Did I know exactly what they were and what they did? No. I knew that drugs changed people and that he was addicted to them. Uh, Now, again, I didn't really know what addiction meant. I just knew that he did drugs and that he was arrested because he did them and that's why he was in jail and I knew that there were other crimes involved and so that was that that's what I knew and I just obviously accepted that I mean what else do you do when you're a child with a parent in jail and I knew that he was my dad my my family never tried to hide who my biological parents were or what they did. Did they save me from some nitty-gritty details? Yes, obviously. They didn't tell me everything when I was a child. Um, that would be kind of ridiculous. But they they told me enough that I, I understood to the level that I could understand at the age that I was. So, yeah, I just, I knew to the point that there's there's a kind of funny story where my my father would live with us here and there. So that's, that's another background. He would, anytime he was in and out of jail, when he was out, he would be living with me and my family and my grandparents. Um, so, you know, he was, he was in and out of my, my life, my constant life all the time. So there was a story where he was talking to my grandmother about something and he said, someone had called him a name and he was like, I've been called worse. And I... As little six-year-old Savannah said, what, like a thief? And everyone just kind of laughed. And I didn't mean it as 
maybe maybe I was being aggressive. I, I don't think that I was. I just knew that that's what he was. That was a categorization that I had for him in my brain at the time, if that tells you what I knew, <laughs> what I knew as a child. And I'm sure he was taken aback by that, but it's just the way that I knew of my father as a child. I have memories visiting him in rehabs, multiple ones, multiple times. And I want to clarify that these are not all bad memories necessarily. I remember having fun times with him. When we would go to the rehabs or the jail to see him, you know, it wasn't necessarily like a, ugh, he's a bad person because he's an addict. He's awful because of this, that, or the other. I mean, like, I was just kind of happy to see him before I really understood what it all was. And when he was out, he would, you know, take me on walks and we would go to the park and he worked at a hotel for a while and he would take us swimming. And there were some really fun memories and like good times that I I really enjoyed then. And I honestly couldn't tell you how I feel about them now. I wouldn't say I cherish them, but I wouldn't say I hate them either that makes sense like the it's not a best of times or a worst of times it's kind of a gray area in my childhood memories for me so I remember that I remember all of the ins and outs I remember some really bad times where he would be very angry and I can only assume now that that was drugs um like he would yell at my my granddad mostly um and blame him for a lot of what was going on with with him. So uh, there were a lot of bad memories and some good times. It's just all mixed together in my memories of him and what I knew about addiction at the time. As I got older, obviously they would tell me more about what was going on. I understood more of what was going on. You know, in fifth grade where I was raised, we did D.A.R.E which tells you all about drugs and alcohol. And so that kind of gave me more of an understanding of what these things mean. And then in middle school, there was a program that our local 4-H extension office did that came into our health classes and taught us about the effects of drugs. And that helped me kind of understand a little more. And I, I still, I don't know, I still, I didn't really get it until I think I was probably in high school. And that was the point where I joined the club, the 4-H thing, where it was helping educate people about the effects of drugs and alcohol. And that was also the time where people around me were starting to experiment with them. In high school, uh, you know, everyone has parties. Everyone, not everyone, but it seems like everyone when you're that age. They start drinking. They start doing like experimenting with drugs if if they have them if they don't whatever and I'm not saying that everyone who drinks in high school also does drugs but the party scene that's what it seemed like to me I never participated I never went to a single party in high school I never went to a single party in college I was not am not interested and part of that probably is the trauma of seeing what those substances, the effect they can have on lives. Because for me, drugs was what separated my family 
It is the reason that my biological parents were not my parents, that they were not there for me. I get that it's also kind of a choice, but I do understand that addiction is a disease and that just because you do drink or smoke weed or whatever, it doesn't mean you're an addict and it doesn't mean you can't stop and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or an evil person or whatever. But I know that my perception of it is largely biased by my childhood experience. And so for me, in my personal life, I always wanted to stay away from it. And again, it's not that I looked at the kids who were partying like they were bad people or anything. I was kind of terrified, to be very honest. It scared me a lot. And I, I was just not not about to risk becoming addicted by trying it. So I never did. Parties in high school and stuff, it just wasn't for me. I have always been kind of an anxious person and social settings like that just don't appeal to me, to be very frank. It's just not, like as an adult, I don't go clubbing. I don't like being in bars. I don't like being in loud restaurants. It's just me as a person. So it just wasn't the loud music, the craziness wasn't my idea of a good time. Still isn't. So yeah, I don't know. And then you started seeing people who drugs and alcohol did start affecting their lives really negatively in high school and people getting arrested at our like from our high school who got arrested for drugs or you know, really sad situations where you know people who have overdosed. And that's what I knew about drugs at the ages that I was. Yeah, I never, I never drank in high school, never smoked weed, still have never done any sort of marijuana, whether that's like edibles or smoking, whatever. I just, I'm not interested. In college, still never went to parties, um, still never really tried anything. I just wasn't into it. And I went to a community college, so I wasn't, like, living in a dorm and all of my friends were going to parties, so I would go with them. It was just, like, me. And I think that was easy for me to exclude myself because of that. So then when I turned 21, you know, I didn't go drinking on my 21st birthday. I didn't have the, like, first legal drink picture on Instagram. Like, I just, it wasn't my, my thing. As I've been an adult, I have drank. And I'm not going to hide that. It's something that has happened. I have drank alcohol (laughs) before as an adult. And as of right now, I am sober completely. And I have been for a long time. And that is the best choice for me. And it's not that I ever had a situation like my my parents where it was an addiction. I just felt awful. (laughs) Like physically. Every time I drank, I just felt like I had ingested poison and part of that's because I have acid reflux so that was just bad but I just I did not like the way it made me feel I didn't like the way it made my brain work or my brain feel and the decisions I made like I just it really impaired who I was I felt like and ever since I've been sober I've been so much better off and again I'm not shaming you for drinking if you're a legal adult who drinks it's fine. It's not for me. And if you drink around me, that's fine. I'm gonna just abstain. But like, I hang out with people who drink around me and that's fine. I don't care. 
it's whatever. And I do have a lot of friends who don't drink either. I will say that. Um, and so that's cool when we hang out. It's not like a, a, a situation and it doesn't ever have to be a conversation, but it's just a situation that's not dealt with when no one around me is. So yeah, my, we live, I live in a house that is sober. My husband and I don't drink, which is a-okay with both of us. So being an adult who doesn't drink is kind of weird. I, I, luckily no one in my life pressures me. No one in my life makes me feel like a weirdo for not drinking, but it's, it's also kind of weird just to be sober when other people, you see their stories of them going to bars all the time and stuff and you just don't. (laughs) Uh, it's, it's a very social thing as an adult and to not is, it's something, but I, I definitely, like I said, I know that a lot of it stems from me not wanting to be like my parents. That sounds very harsh, but they are the last people I want to be like. Um, and it, I just have, I don't know, man, like, I don't want my children to grow up the way that I did. And not, like I said, not that I grew up in a, in a, bad situation, but I don't want my kids to have the trauma that I had because of the fact that my parents were addicts. It's hard. It's hard being a family member of an addict, and it's hard watching, like, my grandparents, for example, watch their son be an addict. It's painful. It makes you very angry and frustrated at times and hurt. The deep hurt that I still have from a lot of it is heartbreaking. It's really hard to deal with. Um, and I don't think that's something that I will ever necessarily fully move on from. Like, I think that the hurt will always be there. It's just because I have the memories of like seeing my parents high. (laughs) It's just, it's something that I wouldn't wish on anyone, especially not the like children to watch that happening. And knowing what it is, but being helpless and not being able to do anything because like the quote of the day that I said was, if you're searching for that one person that will change your life, take a look in the mirror. And in terms of addiction, as the child of an addict, I really had to learn that it wasn't anything to do with me. It wasn't that they wouldn't quit because of me or that I wasn't good a good enough reason for them to be sober, or like loving me wasn't good enough for them to let go of drugs. I had to learn that that's not it at all, um, that they are the only ones who control their lives. And if you have an addict in your life, know that. Know that it doesn't have anything to do with you or you not being good enough or them not loving you enough. It is their own problem separate from you completely. And some people do use having children as like that motivation to turn their lives around. And that's great. Um, It wasn't the situation that I have had in my life. They are troubled people, clearly. I'm talking about my own parents here. I'm not talking about an addict that anyone else knows or you if you are an addict. My own family, my parents, they have their own mental health things. And I'm sure that that lends a lot to the addiction itself. So it's one of those things where it's like, you can't necessarily, like, you can't hate the addict, you know, like you can't hate that person, but you can hate the hurt that they've caused. Like you can, you can 
hate the situation without hating the person. And as an adult in my relationship with them now, it's pretty non-existent. And I've had people preach at me before, like, you have to be the, the open arms for them. And that's easy to say when it's not your life. And that's easy to say when you don't have the trauma from it to say you need to be welcoming and you need to let them know that th- that you love them. When you have the hurt, it's not that simple. And especially if it's a situation like mine where one of my parents is a total stranger to me and the other one, quite frankly, is the cause of abandonment issues for me. So, like, it's just really difficult as an adult to navigate the relationship with an addicted parent who let you down so much as an adolescent. I still see him sometimes when he's not in jail at holidays and situations where I'm not going to be the reason that a scene is caused. What I do in this situation where I am around someone who has hurt me, but they are family, is I, I honestly, I'm pretty cold to them. I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, I, I really don't participate in happy conversation with them. And maybe that's bad on my part, but like, they're strangers to me. They don't know anything about me other than what they've been told. And I don't know anything about them other than the hurt that they've caused me. So they're very much strangers to me. And you can probably hear my voice. I get pretty heated when I talk about it because it's just, there's still a lot of hurt there. And like I said, I think there always will be. But it also has given me a lot of motivation to be better than that in my own life. And again, if you do any of the things that I'm talking about, I'm not putting you down for it. I'm saying that for me, it isn't for me. So I have always been terrified that if I tried anything, I would immediately become addicted. And you can tell me all you want. That's not how that works. In my brain, that's how that works. So I don't want to test it. I don't want to put myself in a situation where I become addicted to something and then ruin my life, quote unquote, whatever, because of it. So I just abstain. I just don't. Like I said, very sober in all aspects. And I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm like genuinely, it's the best decision I've ever made for myself. Um, and I know people in very similar raisings to mine who go out and drink and go to bars and have fun and if that's fine for you, that's great. But with my trauma personally, it's not fine for me. I can't do it. Um, I have like a block there. It's like a block of fear that keeps me sober. And I'm, I'm, I'll hold on to that block of fear because I, again, I want to be nothing like those people who hurt me. Because when I have kids one day, I don't want them to feel the hurt that I felt. So that's my life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have much to do with them other than seeing them at family events and stuff. And that's, that's plenty for me. Um, 
I've tried. As an adult, I've tried to have a relationship, but when someone disappoints you over and over and just keeps hurting you over and over, there's a point in your life where you just kind of are like, you know, I, I can't keep allowing you to do this. And I've set a lot of boundaries. Um, and my, my family knows that. And they're very accepting and respectful of my boundaries. And they will ask me or tell me, you know, he's going to be there. Um, I want you to know that before you commit to coming or, you know, whatever. And sometimes I make the decision to be like, okay, that's fine. I'll ignore it. And sometimes I'm like, nope, (laughs) I'm not doing it today. So it's really day by day. And if you are a child or love someone who is addicted, you probably know that. And again, if you, if you're an addict, I truly like from the bottom of my heart for you, I hope that you can overcome it because it is a really awful disease. And I, I really hope that anyone out there who is struggling with addiction can get help, get the help that they need to live their best fulfilling spiritually like high (laughs) like that's probably not the best choice of words but you know what I mean like live your highest self in like a spiritual way (laughs) like the best life that you can live I want that for you um and I want that for them it's not that I don't want that for them it's that I've gotten my hopes up so many times that that's the path they're on and then they let me down so I have chosen as of this point in my life to step back from it and just kind of watch from afar and see what happens because I at this point don't have much faith in change for them personally. I, I hope I would love it if you know they got on track and I think that one of them kind of is I don't know it always changes I never know you never know what's going on so Again, I don't get my hopes up. I don't cross my fingers. I just watch and I see what's happening. And for that's, I kind of have to base my decision on the day by day um, situation. So it's just, I don't know. Being a child of an addict is an interesting experience. And if you are listening and you have had a similar experience, my heart goes out to you because it's not easy and it's not fun. And. I don't know. I do feel very lucky. I feel like my situation could have turned out so much worse. I could have turned out so much worse. I'm grateful for the people that I have in my life and my grandparents who raised me when they didn't have to. And all of my support system. It's it's very helpful to have people who you know love you. Um, because once you've I don't know. Trauma's hard. <laughs> Trauma is very hard to deal with. Um, and again, anyone out there struggling with trauma or addiction or trauma from addiction, I wish you the best. And I hope that healing and peace and happiness and love and light all come your way and stick with you forever. So yeah, that's my story of growing up as the child of an addict and 
what that's looked like in my life. Again, this is my personal experience, so I hope it's not offensive to anyone. I'm not trying to tell anyone else how to live their life or how to deal with their their struggles or what kind of person they are based on their personal decisions. It's just the way that my life has gone and the way that I do things based on that. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Um, We'll be back next week with a much lighter topic. So we'll see you guys then and bye.